Hello and welcome to my first solo podcast. This is Britt. I am Coach Britt. Uh, I am the owner of A Weathered Anchor. I am a holistic life coach. Um, and I'm going to start with what is a holistic life coach? The definition of holistic is characterized by the belief that the parts of something are interconnected and can be explained only by reference to the whole. And so one thing that I've learned over my own personal healing journey, my own life experiences, my own life lived experiences is that everything matters about my body, about my mind, about my spirit, about my soul, about my physical well-being, my mental well-being, my emotional well-being. And if one of those is off, other things will suffer. Um, and so that's why I call it holistic coaching, because we're not going to just target one area of your life when we work together. Um, there are people that might do that, um, and that is perfectly okay. But when it comes to working with me as your coach, um, it's important to me to address each of those areas. I know personally that when I was really going through it, when I was really in the thick of an abusive relationship and I was in an abusive work environment, my cortisol was through the roof. And the last thing that I wanted to do was go work out. And there's a lot of people that will say, get up, get off your ass, go work out. That might work for some people. For other people, those the circuit of which you heal is going to be very different. And for me, I had to get into the space of being emotionally well before I could attack the physical. And if you've been following my podcast, you know, I've talked about this a little bit before, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that today, but I love working with people. So if this is your first um, episode with me, let me give you a little bit of background. I am a certified peer counselor with Washington State, and I am a life coach. Like I said, I own my own business. Um, I don't pigeonhole myself. I have an HR degree in human resources. So I have clients that need help with resume work, with mock interviewing. I have clients who... Um, you know, need help setting up Indeed accounts. Uh, they need, they just need that support. They need that confidence boost. They need some empowerment coaching. That looks different for everybody. So if you're ever going to come to my podcast and look for a how-to, it's not likely you're going to get that from me because it takes out the personalization of you, the listener, you, the coachee, you, the person that's in counseling. I'm not a one size fits all. I don't want to work with everybody and everybody is not going to work with, with me. And that is okay. I'm not out here to make an exorbitant amount of money, something that I find really particularly disgusting. And this is my own ethics. So this is not a slam on any other coach. This is not a slam to the industry, but I get probably three or four emails a week that say, you want to move your coaching business to 33 to $60,000 a month? No, I sure don't because I actually give a shit about people and I don't care to make a disgusting living off of helping humans find them the best version of themselves to work through their crap that they've experienced in their life because none of us ride for free. None of us get out of this without trauma, without grief, without pain and sorrow and loss. We also very much are connected in our joy and our happiness and 
many of us just lose sight of our purpose and who we are for a myriad of reasons. So this podcast will never be me telling you how to do something. If I work with somebody who has anxiety, there's a hundred or more anxiety coping skills that I could give anybody as a suggestion. And it's about what works for you. It's about your willingness to try it. And so, um, I, let me get back to this. Okay. So more about me. I have, um, my bachelor's in human resources management. I spent 20 years working inside of the dental industry. Um, I did change management. I did coaching within there. Um, I, some places didn't even have a policy manual. So I'd write a policy manual for them. I was my baby. What I love to do is, is hire teams, train them and just make a badass team. Uh, because in those offices where that was implemented, it was very profitable. It was fun. The patients were well taken care of and everybody was happy. Everybody was being poured into because in the management world, which I hate that word. Um, but when you're in a leadership role, it's not about your skills. It's not about how it's not, it's not even about your damn degree. It's about your ability to work with people. Do you understand people? Can you develop a culture that matters and can you make it sustainable through your people, through the employees, through your policies, through your benefits, through the rest of it? But even if your benefits suck, if you know how to take care of people, you know how to treat people, you're going to be way ahead of everybody else. Um, I am about halfway through my master's degree in mental health counseling. So the official program is clinical mental health counseling. And so whether I decide to get licensed or not is still kind of undecided for me. Um, I like the avenue of coaching uh, because there's not so much red tape wrapped around it. And I enjoy um, the ability to connect authentically and as my whole self. Um, I think that's what it, that's what makes working with clients so enjoyable and productive. Um, I'm not here to be fake I'm not here to make a million dollars off of helping people be better and to better this world. It just doesn't fit with me ethically. So on my website, I've addressed it. You know, there is a time like a, a, a therapist can diagnose, a therapist can offer therapy. A coach does not diagnose, but a coach can do major, major work with you in a way that a therapist can't. And I'm not here to say what is right or wrong, which one is better or not, because clearly I have a foot in both worlds. I'm very passionate about humans. I have a big bleeding heart uh, with really strong boundaries. Um, and so I love having the education that backs up my coaching degree. Coaching's not regulated. And because of that, anybody can be a coach. Anybody can start a business and anybody can charge whatever the hell they want. Um, which is where we come into the grossness of abuse that can happen inside of the coaching. I mean, people can be harmed inside of the counseling relationship. So it's important to do your due diligence. It's important to understand who you're working with, what it is that you're looking for, meet these people. Um, you should not have to, again, in my opinion, you should not have to pay somebody to meet them and do like a little mini meet and greet to see if that's somebody that you want to work with. Um, it's your money, it's your investment, and you are worth every damn penny. You are worth every tear. You are worth every laugh and joy. So when you work with somebody, be picky, be choosy, ask the questions. If you have trauma, it is my personal, very strong opinion that a coach is not where you should be at. Now you can work with a coach 
in conjunction with a therapist, but a coach cannot do therapy. And unfortunately, if you put your trauma work in the hands of somebody that is not qualified, you could really damage yourself even more. I'm going to leave that there. What I want to talk about today um, is fear, because fear is a powerful little bitch in our lives. And fear is Ooh, fear is real. Fear is ugly. Um, it's controlling. And oftentimes fear is a liar. So I was asked last fall to be a guest speaker at a peer convention, and I'm going to share what I wrote, um, with you guys today. So, um, fear, like I said, is a liar. It's just, it's that voice in our head and it comes out to cause problems. Fear keeps us from following our dreams, from trying new things. Fear keeps us from pursuing the person that we're interested in. And it fear, oh gosh, it absolutely keeps us from connecting with others. When we learn, especially as children, I mean, a lot of our, a lot of our behaviors as adults can be linked back to our childhood. And many people are afraid to tap into that, but that's, if you really choose healing in your life, you're going to tap into your childhood because it's not all bad, but fear really keeps us from connecting with other people. We, how often have you met somebody or have you yourself thought, Hmm, I'm just not going to connect with people and I'm just going to build up this big fucking wall because it's safer and people can't hurt me and they can't disappoint me. I've been that person. I've isolated. And there's healthy isolation and there's unhealthy isolation. Probably not going to touch on that much more um, today. Brene Brown says, I define connection as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. Imperfections are not inadequacies. They are reminders that we are all in this together. I love Brene Brown. You're never going to hear me not quoting her. Sorry. She's amazing. Um, she has been a prominent piece of my own healing. And I love her. But what I love the most is there's a difference. She talks about it in her book, Braving the Wilderness, the difference between belonging and connection. And Kristen Neff, who you will hear me talk more about in the future, is kind of the big guru in the US, if you will, when it comes to self-compassion. One thing that I learned in going through my series of help was had this moment because uh, I was curling my hair one day and I started crying because I was in the thick of trauma. I was in the thick of abuse. I was healing from sexual assault and a whole myriad of things. And I'm curling my hair and I'm getting ready for work one day. And I just started crying and I just sat there and I just looked myself in the face while I was crying and that sounds awkward as shit, but it was the most powerful moment that I think I had with myself when I taught myself the importance of self-compassion in my healing journey. I didn't have, I didn't have the foresight. I didn't have the, <laughs> the afterthought of it for the rest of my life, but in my healing process, I did not have self-compassion. And that moment when I sat there looking myself in 
my own eyes, watching myself cry and seeing that hurt and the pain and the brokenness that lived inside of me. Like I, I just wanted to reach out. It was almost like a little bit of an outer body experience without sounding weird, hopefully where I just wanted to hug myself. And I thought, oh my God, if anyone else in the world sat across from me right now in this kind of emotional hurt, I would just want to hug them and make it all go away. And it was that very moment when I decided, oh, I need to hug myself. I need to love myself. And that is what started my process of what I call mirror work, which is probably a little bit different from if you were to look that up right now. Maybe it's very similar. Nobody taught this to me. I just kind of figured it out on my own. And it was highly, highly powerful. And that is when I named the voice in my head, the bitch. There's just no other word for it for me. She's a bitch. And when she comes out and when she has anything to say to me, it is never uplifting. It's never positive. It's never like, hey, yeah, Britt, you got this. Mm -mm. So I really had to learn about self-compassion with myself. And that is what it took for me. That was a massive stepping stone in my ability to heal. Um, 2022 was a year that I discovered, kind of came up with the phrase of twisted gifts. Um, for example, like what is a twisted gift? A twisted gift is me being able to tell you as a rape survivor as a domestic violence survivor, as a narcissistic sociopathic relationship survivor, that I would never take those experiences away from my life because I wouldn't be who I am today without them. Because I fought like hell to heal. I realized that Brit 1.0, if you will, was gone. And I had to rediscover myself all over again. I had to rebuild again. And the twisted gift that came from that type of trauma is that I don't choose fear more often than not. I don't talk badly to myself. I don't treat people like shit. I understand that when somebody is mean and when they are emotionally reactive and vile human beings that we often see on social media and others, other places, that they are really hurting and broken. And while our ego and our self-defense mechanisms come out and we want to tell somebody about themselves, I refuse to do it. I refuse to do it. And that is a twisted gift that came out of that relationship is a few things. I was not going to let him change my heart. I wasn't going to let his abuse and his bullshit and his lies and his disgustingness change my heart he didn't get that power. He had four years of my life that controlled me and he will never get that power again. Um, a twisted gift that came from that is me being non-reactionary because I refuse to give my power away, my control away. Trauma teaches us that we want control. So how many of you know, like a complete control freak in their life, these, the, the desire to control everything and everyone in your life is unhealed trauma. And we think, oh, if I can control everything, then trauma can't get me. Life can't life me. And it's an absolute lie based out of fear that controls us. And it puts a wedge up between us and other people. And it puts a wedge between you and yourself. I don't need to be in control of everything. And I can't. The only thing I can do is control myself. 
And I'll be damned if I ever give that power away to somebody again. So it's a twisted gift. And it's a gift that I'm very thankful for. Um, that all happened in 2018 for me, December of 2018. And then my niece passed away in July of 2019. And a lot of my work, and I did 20 months of work with my counselor, December of 18 on, up through July of mm, 2020. And then we did some check-ins here and there. And I have an amazing therapist and I love her and she's never going away. Um, but when I moved back home in December of 2021, I moved in with my parents and my, my dad had been given a terminal diagnosis. And so I just thought to myself, like, I hate my career. I'm sick of dentistry in that world. I need a break from it. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I needed to go home and it was time to be with my parents and help them out. So 2022, my goal for that year was just kind of rediscovery and courage for me. So I moved back and, uh, like I said, pops was diagnosed with a terminal rare lung disease. My mom needed support and, and I was burnt out. I was just burnt out. I was exhausted in every possible way. October of 20. 21, I found out that my quarter, my cortisol levels were at a deadly high level again. Um, I was living alone by myself in Seattle. I survived COVID during all of that. Most of the places that I was working at was like 120 hours every two weeks. I was going to school full-time. I was completely stressed out and isolated, and I was doing my damnedest to survive. I was in no means thriving. Now, moving home, I really thought was like, oh yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm here to help my parents. And <laughs> what I really didn't realize was even though that is true, and I'm very, very thankful for the time that I had living here before my dad passed away just on February 22nd. But what I realized is that moving home was what my soul needed. Um, and I got thrown back into counseling. So I started working in mental health. Um, and so I was just working a standard 40 hour week during the day. And I had my coaching business, which I didn't really pursue right away. Once I moved back, like I wasn't, I wasn't working with any clients at that time. I just needed, I spent like seven weeks <laughs> before I decided what was next for my life. Um, my sleep schedule got all messed up. I was sleeping during the day. I was up all night. I was crying a lot. Like I just really was like, holy cow. I felt like a little kid that went back home and I had that safe space to fall apart. Even though I told myself I was here for my parents, um, twisted gift. Um, so I decompressed for seven weeks. I cried a lot. I made new friends. I made new connections. Um, I got a little bit more active on TikTok, met some amazing people that have led me to meeting other amazing people. Um, and even on Instagram and one collect one connection, you know, it leads to another, it leads to another. And that is the beauty of social media when we use it correctly. Um, when we don't use it to judge ourselves or compare ourselves to other people. So I started my role as a peer counselor mid-January of 2021. I was genuinely making two-thirds less the amount of money that I was used to in my uh, dental career. And I did not give a shit. I was happy. I poured myself into my coaching business last year. Um, 
completely revamped my website. Like I just did like this big overhaul. Like I really felt like it was just a big reset for me. Um, and I will still tell you now that I've never been happier. I love doing what I do. And I think that is, um, a really important component of life is our purpose. What is our purpose? What is our passion? Are we doing it? What can we do to live that? And money has never motivated me. I've seen a lot of ugliness come from money, but it's also, it's just never been a motivation to me. Um, and so working in mental health as a peer counselor, and then also coming home to be able to do my coaching clients at night has been the best decision of my life um, in my career. And then of course I'm still going to school. And then I decided to start this podcast because I don't know how to just sit and do nothing clearly. Um, so a lot of people, if they know me, they would tell you I'm an extrovert. Uh, I'm really not. I'm very much an introvert. And I think that is something that came from all of my previous experiences. Um, I'm very introverted, but when it comes to something that I'm passionate about, I'm going to look like an extrovert. I love to teach. I love to train. I love to help people find their purpose and their passion and work on the self-compassion, work on your self-esteem, work on your self-worth, like really figure it out and get down in the, in the mud with people, because there is no part of true healing. That's going to just be easy. It's messy. It's ugly crying. It's snap all over your face. It's your hands over your mouth crying because you don't want anybody to hear you type of ugly gut wrenching. But if you take that courage instead of running from it because of fear, you will come out so badass. I can't even explain it. Like there's no way you don't come out a better person when you're willing to be vulnerable, when you're willing to tear, tear your chest open sit in front of that mirror, cry, hold yourself hypothetically, um, be there for yourself, reconnect with your soul, understand, you know, understand how our childhoods affected us. It doesn't mean we need to blame our parents because I really don't think we do. Our parents were fucked up, traumatized just the way that we are. It just wasn't normalized to be talked about. So when I went through my therapy and I was working through things and I had to tell my mom, Hey, this came up for me and I'd love to be able to talk with you about it. Now I know that I'm blessed because I have that relationship with my mom. And when I had these aha moments, I didn't need to go back and blame her. I don't need to tell her that all of my life problems came from her or my dad or the divorce or, or, or that's a really childlike mentality. And that's not to, to invalidate my own experiences or your experiences. When we go through counseling as adults, it's about understanding, understanding how what happened to us has affected us, understanding how our attachment affects our, our childhood, how it affects our growing up and how it absolutely affects our adult life and who we pick as partners. We have to just be willing to, to, to tell fear to fuck off. I don't know how else to say it. Tell fear to fuck off be willing to choose you. You can say, I don't have the money. You can say, I don't have this or that, but you'll find it if you want to. I didn't have the money. And I went to a counselor that didn't take insurance and I didn't have insurance anyway, because I worked for a really rad dentist that never had it. So at that time, so find the way to heal, find the way to help yourself heal. If you can't work with a counselor, 
work with a coach, but please do your due diligence when you work with a coach. Tell fear to kiss your ass and go. Choose healing. You will hear me say this forever. We don't get to choose what happens to us in this life. We only get to choose what happens next. And that requires healing. That requires pain and crying and journaling and doing the homework and doing the assignments. You can't go see a counselor. You can't go see a coach for one hour a week and think that you're going to get fixed. I'm not here to fix you. A counselor is not here to fix you. We are not going to magically make everything go away. That is on you. It is your responsibility. It is your personal commitment to yourself to be better and to heal. So if you get homework assignments, you have to do that. You have to practice those meditations. Even if you don't think meditation is your jam, try it a few times. I used to hate, oh, I used to hate meditation. And now I love me some insight timer. And Sarah Blondin has the most relaxing, calming voice. And it is the best way to start and end my day. Okay. Let me get back to my talk here. So I also, when talking about fear, I fear success more than I feel failure. I'm not afraid to try, not afraid of a failed relationship. I'm not afraid to um, lose friendships if they're no longer beneficial in our lives. Um, I'm not, I'm not afraid of any of that. I'm not afraid to get a, a, a C on a paper. Well, my boyfriend might tell you different, but, uh, but I'm not, um, I think I fear success more than failure because every time I get a yes, more comes with it. And while I love it, when I think about it, just logically, I don't really feel it emotionally and I don't attach it to my purpose. I'm terrified. I'm terrified of success in some ways. Um, I really don't like being on camera. I don't like that. I, as a coach and as my own business owner am my own product, um, but I love helping people. It is my passion and to help others heal and rediscover their passion and purpose. I will sleep like a baby every single night. Um, but through connection, we heal, we heal when we have healthy relationships with friends, families, with our partners, we have healthy working relationships in a culture that is not toxic and taking your soul from you. We learn through connection. Connection affords us the opportunity to pour into others which in turn pours into our own cup. And what keeps us from that? What keeps us from connection? What keeps you from being willing to just go, hey, I saw you at the gym today uh, in, in our Zumba class. What stops you from connecting with other people? It's freaking fear. We're afraid we're going to be judged. We're afraid we're not cute enough. We're not thin enough. Uh, you know, I mean, you can turn on any social media and hear a myriad of men tell us that um, our our we, you know, heaven forbid, if you wear fake eyelashes or if you have eyebrows that aren't real, or, you know, you wear uh, a wigs or weaves or your lips are too big or your butt's too small, or it's too big. Oh my God. Like it goes on and on and on. And that's the little bitch voice that you hear in your head. And that creates this fear. And that creates this just disconnect in general. And you might think you're not worthy of love. Maybe you've had a horrible life experience repeated to you that says the voice in your head says you're not worthy. It says, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. And so instead of trying to be vulnerable and put yourself out there, you just choose to put up a wall or you choose that disconnect, but it's unhealthy. There was a study that was done. And I want to say it was in Russia 
and there was a group A and group B of babies. And one group, they were fed, they had their diapers changed, they were held, they were rocked, they were nourished, they were touched, they had affection. They all thrived. The other group was fed and had their diapers changed and they were they were not nurtured. They weren't touched. They weren't hugged. They did not have affection. And every single, I believe all the babies died in that one. Don't quote me. If I find it, I'll come back to it. Um, you can research it though online. That says a lot. That says a lot about connection. And we don't want to connect with the mean girls club because we all don't like anybody. You know, um, I don't want to hang out with girls that sit around and talk about other girls. I don't want to sit around with men that sit around and objectify women. I don't want to sit at a table with any group of human beings that are tearing down other people. Because all that says to me is you're hurt and you're damaged and you have to make somebody else feel like shit to feel better about yourself. And that's not my people. That's not my tribe. I'll help you. I'll help you move past that and through that. But you're not welcome into my personal realm. If that's how you live your life. Um, we honestly live in a time of great disconnect and people feel lonelier than ever, even though we're more connected than we've ever been. We're connected through phones. How often do you actually meet up with people? How often do you go and have drinks? How often do you put your phones down and just enjoy the people that are in the room with you? I'm not saying I'm not guilty of this all the time because I am, but we really have to be aware. If you watch the news, Oh my gosh, you'll learn the inability to have space for people who believe and think and live differently than you. And why? Why is it so upsetting to you if somebody practices a different religion or doesn't believe in God at all? Why do you care? What, What does that have to do with you? I understand like on a global perspective, if these people are the ones that are enacting laws and they're forcing us to believe or to have to make decisions that go against our own personal beliefs, but in our general lives, like if I meet somebody who, who lives a life different from me, I find it fascinating. I want to talk to you. It doesn't again, mean that you get a seat at my table, but I want to learn from you. I want to constantly challenge my own beliefs. I don't want, I don't think I know everything and I don't want to know everything because when I get to that point, like I'm really lame at that, honestly, and ignorant. Um, why don't we allow people the ability to change? Why are they a hypocrite? If they said something five years ago, what does that matter today? If they've learned and they've grown and they've become a different person, is that not what we are all here for? Like truly. So I think you know, when we live in a time where you think and believe what I do, or you can get lost, oh, it's horrible. And we see this everywhere. Um, and then we have cancel culture. Oh, you said something that hurt my feelings. So I'm just going to say, fuck you. And I'm going to report your page and I'm going to let you go. And I'm going to, I'm going to make your life hell. Why, why are we doing that? If I don't, if I don't believe in something I don't need to cancel them because my personal opinion is, are you hurting other people in the way that you live your life and you believe? And if you're not, I don't give a shit. Are you murdering? Are you killing? Are you raping? Are you causing harm to people? No. If you choose to live a religion, uh, go, go right ahead. Again, do you have to invite every one of those people to your table? No, you absolutely do not. And I do not. But I love the differences in the world. I want to learn about your religion. I want to learn about your culture because I can't possibly know all of these things and live them with my own personal lived experience. So be curious, 
Stop canceling people. Let people grow. Let people make mistakes. Offer forgiveness because you want them. You want people to not hang everything over your head. You know, if you got a drug conviction when you were 18 years old, do you want that held over your head for the rest of your life? No, you don't. People change. We grow. That is the point of this life. So why do we crucify people if they make those changes and those growths? Um, and then we call them a hypocrite. Like to me, it's just absurd. We just live in such a ridiculous time at it seems. And, and of course, social media makes everything seem bigger than it is. Um, it takes a lot of courage to push aside your fear, choose courage to have tough conversations, to have uncomfortable conversations, but that's what we need to connect. There's a lot of hurting hearts and minds. And in the past few years, COVID divided people like I've never seen in my life. And it did create a lot of ridiculous audacity in human beings and the way that they treat and speak to other people. I lost friends. I was told, I hope you die. I was told I was selfish. I was told I was an asshole. I mean, it goes on and on disconnect, disconnect, disconnect. I lost friendships. Um, because people believed you believe like I do and you do what I say and do don't question, um, or screw you and get out of my life because you're a murderer. Huh? Okay, the logic is beyond me. But we live in a day and age where people's feelings are more important than logic. Your feelings and your offense are personal. So hear that loud and clear. If you're offended by something that I say, somebody else is clapping for what I just said. Your offense is personal. If I'm offended, it's because I chose to be offended. If somebody wants to call me fat, I really don't give a shit. If somebody wants to call me ugly, I don't give a shit. Um, again, People that need to say things like that are hurting. They are unhealed. They are very broken and they are lashing out and they're grown adults. We give, we give that kind of, okay, let's teach the children if they do this behavior. But as an adult, no, nah, you're hurting and you're, and you, and you really need to sit in front of a mirror. You need to sit in front of the mirror and do your work, but your offense is your problem. Um, if somebody gets up and says, uh, I believe in God and I think there's an afterlife and I think this religion is true. I'm not offended by that. Good for you. Happy you believe it. Don't harm people. If somebody stands up and says, I don't believe in God and I'm an atheist. Good for you. Don't harm people. Don't care. I'm not going to be offended if somebody says, I can't believe you would believe in God. Like how stupid are you? Why do I need to respond to that? Why do you need to respond to that? There's no point. You ever hear the quote? <laughs> I, I heard this as a kiddo. Um, Never argue with a fool because people won't know the difference. Again, you want power, you want control. The only thing you can do is control you, your words, your your mouth, your actions, your behaviors. And you can actually even learn to, to control your thoughts and reframe your thoughts and train your thoughts. And that's what that's what I do when I work with people. Um, but I but I do want to ask you this. Ask yourself these questions. Are you willing to sit with those people who think different from you? Are you willing to sit with people who believe and worship and live differently from you? Is it a threat to you somehow? And if so, why? If you have so much faith and belief in anything, and I don't just, I'm not just referencing religion or not here, anything that you believe and have faith, why is it such a threat if you really believe that it's true? Sit with that. Is it threatening to you? Um, are you arrogant? Like how dare somebody question what you believe? Um, are you actually willing to sit with somebody else and learn their point of view without the need to be right? Do you know how to debate or do you just want to tell people and word vomit at them and scream your opinions and views and then run away? 
that is not how we communicate. It's not how we communicate and connect rather it's abusive. It's toxic. And we all need to sit with that and decide, is that me? Why do you give your power away to anybody? Why? Ego unhealed. You're hurt. You're sick of, sick of being stomped on. Maybe you don't have good boundaries. So now you want to lash out maybe like a child. And I mean, there's a lot of reasons. There's no one size fits all to anything in life, but are you willing to rethink those things? If I sat with you and we had a conversation and we believed separately, are you willing to even just sit and consider somebody else's point of view? Or do you just have to be right? That's a you thing. It's not a me thing. As a peer counselor and as a coach, I absolutely hold space for every single difference in the world. I didn't understand what the Muslim religion fully believed when I dated a Muslim man. I bought a Quran. And I read about three-fourths of it. Didn't finish it. Not going to lie. Not because I didn't want to. It just ended up that that's just how it happened. If you want to know something, read about it. Um, but hold space for difference. This is actually the beauty of connection. What can you learn from somebody else? Like if you think you know everything, you're arrogant and it's childlike behavior. And you're not teachable. You're not approachable. And you probably have a hard time maintaining relationships. And if that's you, then I'm just asking you to sit with yourself, ask yourself, where can I be better? Where can I be different? What are my goals? What's my purpose? What's my passion? And let's work together, find a coach, find a counselor, do what you need to do to, to just take yourself to that next level, to really challenge your own thoughts. Brene Brown says, Connection is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and value, valued. And I cannot tell you in any better language than what she just said, but I will say this. There is a gift in listening. Everybody wants to be heard. Everybody wants to be right. Everybody wants their five minutes of pain. And I stopped saying everybody, I'm sorry, people, some people I hate when, when it's assumed that everyone behaves the same. So my bad, um, not everybody, but as human nature, we do want to feel seen. We want to feel heard. We want to feel valuable. And there's so many people that have broken hearts and broken spirits because they haven't been seen, heard, and valued. They've been invalidated. They've been abused. They've been hurt. They've been pushed aside. They've been cheated on. Like we've, we've all experienced these kind of yuck moments of life, but how beautiful is it in your life to be heard, to be seen? And what prevents many of us from that connection, again, is fear. And perhaps more specifically, fear of vulnerability. That is scary. That was scary for me. I was terrified of emotional intimacy. And 2022, about seven months of that, I went back into counseling again. And I really had to sit with that because I was so afraid. Like, I know how to pour into other people. I sucked at asking for help. And I sure as shit didn't know how to be emotionally intimate with a man because I did not ever have a positive experience in the dating realm of having a safe space to be emotionally vulnerable. And I'm glad that I did that work because I met a truly fantastic man that that relationship has been life-changing. And it's been one that I now honestly thought that I was never going to experience in this life. Um, but again, another Brene Brown sorry, again, this is my quote, uh, my talk that I kind of gave, but I'm interjecting. But anyway, vulnerability sounds like the truth and it feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable, but they're never weakness. Brene Brown. Yeah. I got a lover. 
So truth is not the issue for me. I speak pretty truthfully. I speak pretty directly. And I expect that those who are close to me be willing to be truthful with me. And especially if it's something that I need to hear or work on. It's not true friendship. If my best friend can't look at me and go, Britt, you're being a jerk. Britt, you're an asshole right there. Britt, I love it when you do this or that. I need my person. I need my my boyfriend to be able to be that same way. And I need my mother and I need the people that are in my life, on my team, my coworkers, everybody be direct and be kind. And I think this is where people get lost. You don't have to be aggressive to make your point. You can be assertive and you can be soft and you can be strong and you're going to be respected when you can speak that way. Because if I was on here throwing down the hammer, maybe that would affect some people. It's just not my style. And I'm not going to be mean and I'm not going to be aggressive and I'm not going to enter into some verbal trashy throwdown with somebody to make a point. If it comes to that, I'm walking away. I'm walking away because I choose peace. Um, courage. Mm, I do battle with that. I battle with it. Um, it took me a hell of a lot to get this podcast up and running. And when I listen to my earlier recordings to now, it's just, <laughs> it's a different person because I was so awkward when it first started. Um, I genuinely step into courage one toe at a time, not going to lie, but I step. I know that when the universe provides something to me, I'm going to follow it and I better follow it um, because opportunity doesn't always knock. Um, And I believe that when we ask the universe to provide, we better be ready. And if we're not ready, we better be willing to get ready real quick. Um, It's really, truly been a blessing to walk side by side with my coaching clients. And as a peer counselor, I've met amazing people, um, who have inspired me and left lasting impressions on my heart in 2018. Again, that's when life, life for me pretty hard. It put me in counseling to overcome a seriously abusive relationship. I did the work, chose the vulnerability to heal. And I got really real with myself about healing. And I could have come out of that situation, hating men could have been angry, could have carried a grudge for the rest of my life and been closed off from people. That's part of the process because I did do that in the beginning, just to be very clear, but I had to make the choice to dig deep, to heal. And frequently I'm, I'm asked, you know, how did you get through that? And my answer is simply the fact that I chose courage and I chose vulnerability because I was determined again, like I said, to not let anybody change my heart. I was not going to be bitter. I was not going to be closed off and I wasn't going to write off a single human being because one shitty man really ruined much of who I was, my heart and soul. I wasn't going to do it. Um, one person, one experience, and I wasn't going to let that change my whole life, even though it was very traumatic and very abusive and very horrible. So up to, up to that year, you know, 2022, I told myself I wasn't ever going to be in a relationship again. Um, and that fear of emotional intimacy crippled me. So last spring I took a class in school. It was a crisis um, class and it really triggered that relationship all over for me again. It came running back. So like I said, I headed back to counseling, sat in front of that mirror again, and I had to dig really deep and I lost my own self-compassion for a while. Um, And like I said, side note, you can't win if you're not on your own team. And honestly, at one point, my therapist, uh, cause we don't live in the same city anymore. So we, we do it over uh, the computer. She got right up in the computer screen, right in my face. And she's like, who are you? Where is your self-compassion? Where did that go? Who, I don't know you right now. And I was like, shit, that was really powerful for me because I was really, really, really being awful to myself. Um, completely different session, but, um, 
cortisol is a bitch to deal with. It puts your weight into your belly. When you have high estrogen, like I do as well, puts the weight into your belly. You can't do high aerobic workouts because if you do, it spikes your cortisol and you can literally die. So that said, um, I haven't made a massive effort. It's not what this point is, but at the same time, like it's very depressing. And last year was the first year ever in my life that like, I pretty much would like avoid mirrors. I hated it. Um, never ran around like every day, all day thinking anything about myself. But when it came to the morning getting dressed, I was not looking in a mirror. (laughs) It just wasn't happening. Um, so I really had to kind of like reconnect with, um, the self-compassion again. Um, but what was different this time in my healing was I didn't self-isolate and I didn't just shut myself out. Um, I connected, and I, I needed to connect and I needed that piece because it's so freaking important to feel like, oh, I've got somebody here. I've got this. I don't have to be alone. So, you know, a lot of times, actually on a live one time, somebody said to me, well, not all of us are as strong and put together as you. And I thought, wow, that's a really interesting judgment. But because I teach it and because I coach it and I do my damnedest to live it. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect. It doesn't mean my life is together. And it doesn't mean that I'm freaking amazing and everything that I'm up here talking about. But that's why I talk about it because sometimes it is my own life. Sometimes when I talk about a subject more often than not, it's actually a conversation that came up in my own life and was kind of like, Ooh, that was a really good topic. I want to talk on that a little bit more. So, you know, originally the purpose of this podcast, um, is to share the story of everyday people. But I actually want to kind of start to intermix in there where I give some mental health tools, where I give some, this is Brit moments. Um, And if people want to listen, they can, if they don't, that's okay too. But I love the connection of listening to the the people that I've had on the podcast so far. Um, Is my podcast fancy? Hell no. I'm learning as I go, but I will always take authenticity over polish any day. And I truly do get messages from people that say, I just love listening to your to your stories. I love the people that you have on there. And when you talk, like you can just tell that you're real. There's no better compliment that I can honestly get from anybody than to know that I'm a real person and that that comes through in the way that I talk because I'm not perfect. I don't think I'm better than anybody. Um, but I do know that I have a gift and my purpose and my passion. And so when those align, it's badass. Gotta say, gotta say, so choose courage talk to people. The human spirit needs connection, hold strong boundaries so that the people that are invited to your table have earned a spot there. My main life and motto is take no shit. Wait, let me back that up. My main life motto is take no shit, cause no harm. Um, figure out what your motto is. Try to live it, find your tribe, build the life you want. We cannot do it alone. We can, I guess truly we can. It's just a lot emptier. Um, the human spirit, we need each other. We need to make a difference in this world. And if, if it's one person at a time, your smile can change the world. Your smile could save somebody from trying to commit suicide. Your smile might be the very thing that saves somebody. And if you don't believe me, wait till you get that story. I mean, I hope you don't. I hope you don't get that letter or email or a random message on social media that says, if it wasn't for you, I don't know if I'd still be here. It's pretty wild. We have massive impact in how we live our lives. We have a massive impact in how we treat people. Don't be afraid of that connection. And you know what? I'll take my big bleeding heart that might get broken over and over again and shit on by people. But at the end of the day, I lay my head down and I know that I was a good person and I did my best. 
um, do your best to make a difference in the world for yourself, for your family, for your kids, everybody that you meet. Don't take everything to heart that everybody says to you. If you haven't read the book, The Four Agreements, I highly, highly recommend it. Don't make assumptions. Don't take things personally. Those are two just super, super important ones. You know, be the best person that you can be. That book is so fantastic and it's not very long. Um, but here's the thing. If somebody says something to you and you find yourself being triggered or offended, then sit with it for a little bit. Don't respond. Just sit with it. Do I respect this person? Do I value this person? Do I even know this person? Do I care that a complete stranger has something to say on a 30 second soundbite that they heard me talk about when they want to come and be a bully? Hmm? Maybe not. Maybe even if they were a bully, their message still needed to be heard. Get what I'm saying? You don't have to respond to everything. Shannon, Shannon Adler says, courage doesn't happen when you have all the answers. It happens when you are ready to face questions you have been avoiding your whole life. My question has always been, what is my purpose and how can I live it each day? I didn't have all these answers this year. I had to do that mental work again last year and I did more growth and I ate a whole fuck ton of my humble pie and I've made beautiful friendships. I've made beautiful connections. I have a really delicious, thriving, healthy, beautiful relationship with a really beautiful human and he is fantastic. I didn't think that those things would be there, but I had to tear myself open yet again to be able to really look inside myself and go, what are you afraid of? What are you running from? What are you avoiding? Because avoidance, ooh, avoidance is my very, very favorite go-to coping mechanism. And um, it's not a good one. Not for me. Um, Will Smith, like him or love him at this point, um, he said, God placed the best things in life on the other side of terror. On the other side of your maximum fear are all of the best things in your life. Let me say that again. God placed the best things in life on the other side of terror. On the other side of your maximum fear are all the best things in your life. Choose courage. Do the work. Don't avoid Lord knows, please take it from me. Don't avoid it. It gets bigger, gets louder, gets hotter. And that's not always good. Be intentional with your words. Be intentional with your goals in your daily regimen and the people that influence you. Be intentional with who you're listening to. Be intentional with your social media. Be intentional with your heart and your mind. You can change the world one person at a time. And whether it's for the good or the bad, Every interaction you have with somebody changes them. That's pretty powerful. Use it for good. Talk to a stranger. Be kind. Be inclusive. Be respectful of differences. I just truly appreciate the people in my life that let me be me, that let me be the ugly side of me, that let me be the happy, goofy, dorky side of me. Um, I am so thankful for the people that are my people. The core group of my friends, the females that I've had in my life, I have had in my life for well over 10 years. Um, my best friend, I mean, most of them, I mean, I eight years old and on, like I, 
it's just, it's a beautiful life when we take care of each other. It's a beautiful life when we take care of ourselves. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk sometimes about, you know, happy wife, happy life, for example. Um, but that's not about, well, I guess it's a big statement. I guess I don't know. Your number one important relationship in life is the relationship that you have with yourself. If you do not have a good relationship with yourself, that is going to bleed out into every other aspect of your life. In your career, it's going to bleed out um, in your partnership. If you decide to partner off, it's going to bleed out in your parenting. That's powerful. I tell women a lot, you're not a mom and you're not a wife. Like if I was married and had kids, I'm Brittany. I'm never going to define myself. Who I am is defined by my heart and, and my soul. So if you don't know where to start, start with that. Make a list, make your I am list and your I have list. You know, we don't tell people that they're cancer. So why do we tell people that they're depressed or their anxiety or their ADD or they're autistic? We don't, we don't, it has nothing to do with somebody's heart and soul and in, in diagnosis and labels really piss me off. They're just not a friend of mine. Um, I think they can be damaging, but I also think that they can give you a crutch. If I'm perfectly honest, I've had depression before, but I am not depressed. What I am is kind. I am imperfect. I am flawed. I am compassionate. I am empathetic. You get my point? I am not a diagnosis. I'm not a label. I have extra weight on my body, but I am not fat. It's stupid. I'm not hair. I'm not eyes. I'm not fingernails. So why, why would I be any of those things outside of it? So really, really work on yourself. Start with that. Who am I? What defines your heart and soul? That's what I want to leave you with. If you're going to do anything. Thank you for listening. Um, please hit the follow and like button. Please feel free to share it. Leave a review if you enjoy the show and share it with your friends and family. As always, be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok. I'm Coach Britt. Um, my website is anchoredcc.com. And if you are ready to get working, then let's do it. Let's get together. Let's do a meet and greet. Let's figure out what your goals are, your purpose are, uh, purpose is. And let's do some work together. But please be be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. And choose to keep the power inside of yourself. Just know that the only thing you can control is you. And I really hope that we can learn to respect differences and hear differences of opinions and learn and grow. Let's network with each other. Let's be kind. And let's just all do what we can today when you're hearing this episode to be beautiful and to put beauty out in the world. Thank you. And I will talk with you guys next week.